0: You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The best people I know in this world, that's right, that is you, Locked On Spartans listeners. How on earth are you doing on this beautiful Thursday? Thank you so much for joining us. Before we go any further, hey. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Like I was saying, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Lockdown Spartans, your team in green and white, every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. If you missed yesterday's show, really fun chat with my guy, John Kirby of The Only Podcast. We started just having a normal conversation about MSU's offseason, you know, about the Carson Cooper commit. And then it went all over the place. Uh, Day before that, of course, we remember the life of Adrian Payne as uh, that tragedy unfolded very early in the week. So we looked back at not just the player, but also the man and the father and just a great all-around guy that he was. Um, So, yeah, full week of shows. And then, of course, we'll we'll be back tomorrow. But let's talk about today's show, why don't we? Um, Just a few little updates here and there. We're going to talk about 24-7 sports finalizing their rankings for the 2022 basketball class where does Michigan State stack up? Where did their players stack up? Segment two, we're finally going to talk MSU hockey and that new hire they made in Adam Nightingale. Sorry it's taken so long, um, but yeah, we're finally going to talk about it. And then last but not least, it's not going to be so much Michigan State talk as we're going to go week to week looking at each best college football game that season. But before I get to any of that, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast this is the Lockdown Spartans podcast. As you already know, I'm your host, Matt Sheehan. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a subscribe, please. I beg you. Uh, and also, lockdownspartans at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything. Let's get rocking and rolling into the show here. 24 7 sports, as you already know by now, recruiting extraordinaires. They rank every high school player, football, basketball. They are the the cream of the crop when it comes to recruiting and it was a big day on Wednesday they finalized their 2022 rankings for basketball so let's get into it how did Michigan State fare how do their players fare well as we know uh, there are three commits for the uh, for Michigan State's 2022 basketball class that's Jackson Kohler uh, that is Trayvon Holloman and then it's Carson Cooper now. Carson Cooper, he actually also did sign today for Michigan State on Wednesday, so that is all official, all fun and well. Again, if you want to go back earlier this week, we talk about the commitment, uh, the project that it's going to be because he is redshirting next year, and he's actually such a project that 24-7 Sports doesn't even have him like rated at all on their page. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but for now, let's talk about the guys that do have ratings on them, and they're pretty good ratings too. Uh, we'll start with Jackson Kohler. He is the, the crown jewel of this uh, three-man class. Now I should say, I almost said two-man class, but it is a three-man class now. As he ranks number 52 in the nation, that is up two spots from his previous ranking. Uh, he was at 54, now he's at 52. Stock's going up, baby. Um, and that is uh, the 10th ranked player in the Big Ten. That, that's what that makes him. Uh, He's also the fourth-highest-ranked big man in the conference. He's behind uh, Ty Rogers, who is ranked 47. He's going to Illinois. Terrace Reed, ranked 35, going to Michigan. And uh, number 34, Malik Renow. if I'm saying that right, I think I am. He's going to Indiana. So amongst power forwards slash centers, just all-around big men, he's one of the best in the Big Ten coming to Michigan State. Not bad at all. Uh, Trayvon Holloman unfortunately he slid down actually five slots but still at 75. that's still a pretty good ranking anytime you can nab a top 75 kid you're gonna go two thumbs up you're gonna say yes uh, we'll we'll still take you around these parts so that is where he shakes out uh, he's behind a few guards as far as like true point guards go still one of the best to enter uh, the Big Ten conference next year but where does this put? Michigan State uh, around the whole conference. It is uh, it is a glass half-empty, glass half-full way to look at it. I going to say that first and foremost, because right now, right now, Michigan State's class is ranked 8th in the conference. 8th in the conference. Now, before we all freak out and, and call for Izzo's head, let me just add this, that when it comes to rankings in, like, ranking teams and how they've done in the recruiting. It's a combination of the stars that the player has and also how many guys they have committing. Like, right now, Ohio State is at the top. They have the number one class, four four-stars and a three-star. Number two is Indiana. They have four commits, two five-stars, a four-star and a three-star. Illinois, four commits. Michigan, four commits. Penn State, five commits. Purdue, three commits. Nebraska, four commits. So that is really why you see Michigan State down at 8. Now, if you want the glass half full, or if you want to just call this 80% full or all the way full, when it comes to average player ranking for the class, average player ranking for the class. So, for example, uh, Ohio State, their player average is a 95 0.17. these guys are graded uh, usually when you go to these sites you see them anywhere from 83 to 99.999 so yeah with four four stars and a three star a 95.17 rating seems fine okay now that we've established that the glass half full right here is that michigan state with both of their rated commits they have the highest average in the big 10 so with kohler Trayvon holloman they are a 97.5. No one in the conference is above that. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky because Carson Cooper doesn't even have a rating. So his his numbers aren't even factored into this because he doesn't even have numbers. We're building agendas here. We're not going to worry about that. Let's look at it like Kohler and Holloman are the only guys in this class. They're the only guys that are being tabulated against right now. It's a good two-man class. Okay, now, if we can pour out some of that water from our 80% cup that we filled. This is the discussion about this class is, is it a good class? Yeah, I, I think it's a good class. It's a fine class, but is it a bummer that there's only two kids? Yes, we'll call it three with Carson Cooper, but two kids that will play immediately? Yes, M- perhaps. I, like, I, I still wrestle with it myself. Right now, as I'm talking, as you could already tell, because, look, you get two kids here that are fine players. Of course they are. But it's only two players. And at a program like Michigan State, an established program like Michigan State, and this this sounds arrogant, but it's true, like, kind of expect maybe more continuity with recruiting here. Yes, we're already on a good start for the 2023 class with Jeremy Fears. Awesome guard, top 25 kid. That's great. I'm not saying, like, recruiting's falling off of a cliff at Michigan State, but maybe it just looks like a little bump because you would hope to have a little more than two kids that could instantly impact your team, but it, it, it is what it is. Not every team can be like Duke. And uh, for Duke, they have the number 2, the number 3, the number 4, and the number 12 kid in the class. And, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I think Isaac Trout, I believe, was his name. He's going to Duke. As we, no, I'm getting it mixed up with, uh, oh, God, now now i got to go back and look. This is bad podcasting. Regardless, the other kid that Michigan State was trying to, to target, whose name will come to me the minute I stop recording this episode. Uh, yeah, they, they tried to go after him, but even he's in Duke's loaded class. Nonetheless, I, I think, all in all, I, I think it's a solid class for Michigan State. I. Solid. I don't think that's unfair. I, I don't think that we have to go super hot takey being like, oh, this is an awesome bang-out class. We're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. It's the end of the world. Like, it's it's somewhere in the middle. But unfortunately, we say that a lot about Michigan State basketball these last few seasons, right? Just as the season as a whole. Like, oh, recruiting is fine. The season went fine. Regular season was okay. Yeah, they did okay in the postseason. Like, that's what I start to worry about is, like, starting to use that buzzword more and more and more often so uh we'll see stay tuned uh hey we'll switch it up here in a hot second we're actually not even gonna switch to football we're going to hockey we're gonna dig a little into this night <laughs> nighting adam gale that's right adam nightingale higher that's right if i could talk correctly at any point this episode that'd be great but first i just gotta talk to you fine folks about betonline.net that's right what a wonderful time of season! Yes, the Kentucky Derby is unfortunately over, but we got the Preakness coming up. BetOnline will have everything covered for that. Uh, they got everything for playoffs, future bets. They, they got you covered because they are the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all of the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even yes, the NFL season futures at Online your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, eSports, and more. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends in action. That, one more time, is at Bet Online, where the game starts. And before, riffing about some MSU hockey. That's right. Hey, just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. This has been news for a little over a week now, I was going to talk about this after Monday's press conference, but of course with the Adrian Payne tragedy, we had to talk about that, of course. Had to move some things around. So Adam Nightingale and the MSU Hockey Program, you get your shine now. That's right. I'm sorry it took so long. But let's talk about this new hockey hire. Now, here's the interesting thing before I go any further, if you haven't already turned this off by now, is that I know some people just outright don't care for hockey. Love basketball. They have a sickness for the football team, but when it comes to hockey, like... Yeah, they're fun to watch like a decade ago and they were good, two decades ago and they were a national power, but now it's like I don't really care. This is a big step one in the whole Adam Nightingale process. This is going to sound so selfish, so irrational, so pompous, but you got to get people like me to start buying all the way into hockey or even a little bit into hockey. And when I say people like me, I'm also talking about you, you listening or watching. Because let's be honest, if you're listening or watching a MSU sports podcast in the middle of May, you're not a fair weather MSU fan. You're pretty high up in the echelon of how passionate you are with Michigan State, but even if you're that high, sometimes you just don't care. And that's how back this program has fallen. It has not been good. But Adam Nightingale knows that. This is a man that is aware of everything going on. And also, not just him, but more importantly... An athletic department that understands this as well. Alan Haller at Monday's press conference said, I promise that as a department, we are committed to helping restore Spartan hockey as the premier program in college hockey. Um, Yeah, I know that's such a simple quote, an easy quote for an AD to say, but the actions meet those words. They got rid of Dan Cole after five years. He could have just sat around and just let it, Go off in the sunset. Okay, well, hockey is uh, not great, but who cares? Uh Alan Haller does. And now it's up to Adam Nightingale to care and work this program back to relevancy. And he said as much at his press conference. But before we get to that, what's up with this guy? Other than being an alumni, of course, of the program, yada, yada, yada. But he's coming off of two years as the United States National Development Team's head coach. Okay, I like that when it comes to recruiting. That's a good start right there. You spent four seasons in the NHL, uh, spending time on different teams' benches, including your Detroit Red Wings, if you are a Wings fan, that is. And this was, uh, you know, as all coaching searches are these days, a national search. And they also got former MSU hockey star Justin Abelkader in the mix as well. So, yes, between the national search, Justin Abelkader being like, yeah, this is a good guy, like, Had a nice blend of MSU ties and national ties, but regardless, they found their man. And also, if you think that this is a guy they hired just because he's an alumni, uh, hey, look who referenced that. Adam Nightingale himself referenced that at his press conference on Monday. Let's get into some quotes. He looked back and said, I remember when I met with them, I said, if I'm here just because I'm an alum, I don't want the job. That's a great line to trot out at an interview, by the way, anytime you could say that you don't want the job, that's a great, but no, he, uh, all jokes aside, frame that greatly. He knows that this isn't a pity handout. He's here to do business. And also, uh, he said as much at the press conference. Of course he did. Like I really start quote. I really think Spartan hockey is different. And I believe the community and the alums all understand that. This is something that he brought up too. And this was in a piece with, I believe, Grant Couch in the Lansing State Journal that he didn't even just talk about on the ice or recruiting. He didn't talk about just that, I mean. He also talked about restoring the alumni relationships because even that, kind of like the play on the ice in the last 10 years, has gone to the wayside from things I've heard, things I've read. Now, let's talk about what's on the ice. Uh, 10 years since Michigan State has reached the NCAA tournament, 10 years basement dwellers of the still somewhat new newly established big 10 conference in hockey recruiting hasn't been there like i said alumni connections have been a little fractured um and this doesn't come down to one guy between like the tom and and dan cole era but like listen things have not been great here and like I, I'll, I'll keep saying like he he knows this he's aware and he said all the right things in the press conference like and this is a long quote, so bear with me, but a lot of good stuff from Adam Nightingale himself. We're going after the best players. We are not taking a backseat to anyone. You look at the facility we have, the coaching staff we're going to put together. This is a spot where I want every guy we recruit to truly believe and want to play in the National Hockey League. I understand that not everyone is going to do that, but if you have that mindset, if you want to come to Michigan State, this is a place that develops you for the National Hockey League We've earned that reputation by the way we develop our players. Hits it all, right? Even down to the facility. And that's going to be another thing that energizes this program. You get a new name in a new head coach. We see it in basketball all the time. We see it in football all the time. New guy gets a job. Okay, you're going to get some more press. That's going to be some new energy in your program. Maybe that translates to recruiting, doesn't really necessarily hurt recruiting when you coach some United States developmental team guys. Now, before you say, Matt, you're casual. You have no idea. Danton Cole was also a coach of this developmental team for seven years prior to coming to Michigan State. It's not just that easy. I understand that. I understand that. But if I could go borrow from sports here... That press conference seemed more Mel Tucker than anything. That is a relentless approach to hockey. Yes, he's going to go out swinging for the best players. And with the new facility, $22.5 million renovation being added onto Munn, understanding he has to tie this alumni base together, and being fully aware of where Michigan State is in the college hockey landscape. Hey, listen, I'm not going to grade the hire right now because... We got some years to go through here, and it might be a slow start, but hey, if I had to grade it, it's eh, looking pretty good so far. So, yeah, that's everything said from Monday's press conference that I thought was most relevant, everything he also brought up in the Lansing State Journal uh, column with Graham Couch not too long ago. Like, yeah, this is a man that's fully aware of a lot of things, and hopefully, in return, his efforts make us, the greater good of the Michigan State fan base, more aware of the program as hopefully they're winning in the future. So there we go. Adam Nightingale, if you ever want to come on the podcast, I know you're definitely watching 100%. All MSU coaches watch Locked on Spartans. Please, hey, come on. We'd love to have you anytime. So there we go. Um, We're going to get into... some college football talk. That's right, we're hitting it all. Basketball, hockey, football this episode. But not necessarily 100% Michigan State next segment. As a listener, reached out and wants us to go through all the best games of every week from around the country next year. But if you're listening on the podcast, it's got to pay a few bills really quick. Or if you're watching on YouTube, let's just get right into it. Alright, so this is from Bodie T. He writes in, Spartans at gmail.com. And he actually wrote in three questions. We tackled two of them earlier this week. So let's hit that third question. He writes, I would love to hear you go through next season's football schedule week by week and pick a couple games each week that would be must-watches for you. Say no more, Bodie. Um, This is easy to do for the first few weeks, right? But then you start to cross the bridge to, like, once week six rolls around, all these are subject to change, of course, because... For example, like last year, how fun did a uh, like a LSU-Florida game sound before the season even started? And then by the time the teams meet up, it's like, okay, like, cares? No, not me. So, but let's get into it. As always, week one is a banger. But before that, oh, that's right. In Dublin, Ireland, Northwestern versus Nebraska. We all know how well it went for Nebraska in Week 0 last year as they fell right on their face to set the tone for the rest of their season. So that'll be a really fun Week 0 game over in Dublin. But let's get to that Week 1. Of course, it's going to be Western Michigan-MSU. We got some bangers of games going on that weekend as well. LSU-Florida State. In New Orleans, that's fun. Cincy at Arkansas can be spicy between two up-and-coming programs, or if you're Cincy, you're already established, but being a plucky G5 team, you're always going to have that little chip on your shoulder. Georgia versus Oregon in Atlanta, but first place for me has to be Notre Dame at Ohio State, and I give that the first place nod because that's a true road game Notre Dame is playing that is actually going to be at a home venue for one of these teams, which would, of course, be the Buckeyes, unlike you know, the Atlanta game, the New Orleans game, so that's awesome. Love to see that to start the season. Week two, it's Akron at MSU, but after that, listen, Alabama at Texas. Alabama at Texas. If Texas wins this game, oh, Texas is back. We'll be screamed out of Austin for a week straight, but if Bama rolls Texas, then, like, we just keep getting jokes off online, and, course I, I have to reference el asico uh iowa state versus iowa in week two that game always delivers always takes the under so week two two good games decent week three before watching michigan state kick off in washington uh we've got a, a good host of games like penn state at auburn miami at texas a&m uh florida state at louisville on a friday night i'm a sucker for these friday night games but first place for me, and I'm sorry, this this might have some different opinions, but Oklahoma at Nebraska. Oklahoma at Nebraska for me. And maybe I have too good of memories from last year's game and just how close that was, how much hope that gave Nebraska fans, I'm sorry to say. But that always seems like it's a pretty good game, too. Really strong rivalry. As we head to week four. God, I'm already excited. That's Even after this three weeks, that, that's some great football. Week four, MSU versus Minnesota week. Um, Arkansas at Texas A&M, that's at Dallas, that's at Jerry World, that's the, the Jerry Bowl, as we uh, now call it at this very minute. Um, Florida at Tennessee, that'll be a fun game because, listen, it's week four. We get to tell which of those two teams between Florida and Tennessee uh, is going to be the fraud immediately. We, like, we know that one of them, if not both of them, are going to be frauds heading into the rest of the year, but at least by week four, we know which one it's going to be. Wake Forest versus Clemson can be a very spicy game if Wake Forest is going to be anywhere near as good as they were last year. But first place, I'm staying at Big Ten country, Wisconsin at Ohio State. Ohio State has got some nice home games this year. If you're an Ohio State season ticket holder, not bad. You got Notre Dame, you got Wisconsin coming to town, Yeah, Michigan coming to town. But let's focus. We'll stay on week five. At Maryland for Michigan State not a lot of great games uh Bama at Arkansas that's the best I got for you maybe LSU at Auburn but yeah week six uh yeah the we'll talk about what game we have that week because that might be the game of the week Houston at Memphis on a Friday again love my Friday night games Am at Bama trying to get revenge for beating Alabama last year the Red River Red River rivalry Oklahoma and Texas but yeah I think the game of the week. <laughs> Might be our guys. Might be our guys in week six as Ohio State travels to Michigan State. Please be a night game Uh, for that one. I'm I'm already scared of the tailgate if that's a night game. That'll be a lot of fun, perhaps too much fun. Week seven, Wisconsin at home in East Lansing. That'll be awesome. But outside of that, yes, I actually did dip into Pac-12 eventually. USC at Utah is my game of the week because, hey, we get the new Lincoln-Riley team. At USC, what's that going to be like? And I feel like at Utah, never an easy place to play in Pac-12. Besides that, Penn State at Michigan, solid. LSU at Florida, let's see if both teams are relevant by Week 7. Now Week 8 is when Michigan State has their bye. So you get to sit on the couch, watch some awesome football, except for the whole point that as of now there's not like any good games. The best I have for you right now in Week 8 as MSU is on their bye week (laughs) is Purdue at Wisconsin. I challenge anyone to go look at Week Eight schedule and find a better game if you can. Comment below on YouTube or reach out to me, Sheehan underscore sports on Twitter. But that's going to be a great weekend to get some yard work done, um, go on a golf trip, uh, acknowledge your family for once this football season. All those are great ideas. As we head to Week 9, Ohio State at Penn State. Going to be awesome. Oklahoma at Iowa State on a Thursday. That's right. And uh, then there's the cocktail party. Georgia versus Florida. And then who's MSU playing that week? Uh, week 9. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, um, yeah, that team down the road that we have beaten pretty good. Uh, directional school? No. I, oh, it's Michigan. Michigan plays Michigan State that week. think it's safe to say that that's going to be the game of the week for Week 9 there. Um, yeah, so as we go to Week 10. As MSU was at Illinois that week, uh, we got Bama at LSU. That could be spicy. Florida State at Miami is always a complete dumpster fire that is very entertaining, I got to say. But number one on my list, Clemson at Notre Dame. Maybe I'm falling too much in love with the memories from that COVID year when Clemson and Notre Dame played and the fans stormed the field. And oh my God, there's still this pandemic going on, but a sick game regardless. Uh, Excited to see the rematch of that one. Week 11, MSU versus Rutgers. Um, not a lot of great games this one either. We'll call it Bama at Ole Miss. Seems to get a lot of traction around it. Just the fact that it's going to be in uh, Ole Miss's stadium makes it a little juicy. Uh, week 12, MSU versus Indiana. But there's a lot of good games this weekend. Like, uh, of course, you got the historic rivalry. Uh, Texas at Kansas. If I could just throw that semi-joke in there. It's actually not really a joke these days. Um, USC versus UCLA, if I could do two Pac-12 games in this list, uh, Miami at Clemson can be awesome. If you can't tell by now, I, and I know what I'm doing, I'm being one of those suckers that has Miami highly rated going into next season. I can't wait to see that fall apart and then go eight and four next year. Anyway, uh, Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma, one of my favorite rivalries in football, and then this could be interesting for the SEC East is Georgia at Kentucky. Especially it being at Kentucky, that could be a spicy game. I still think it'll be like 21 to 13, but yeah, one that's close and just an old school football game. Georgia at Kentucky. And then week 13, MSU at Penn State. You got the Egg Bowl between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. That never disappoints. Pitt at Miami, maybe? That's right. I think Miami might be my most said team here so far. But Listen, as much as I hate to say it, yeah, it's probably going to be Michigan-Ohio State. It's going to be your best game that you got that weekend. So, that takes care of it all. That is week 0 through 13. Hope that got you a little more excited for the college football season as we still got a few months. uh, Or, you know, we'll call it weeks if that sounds quicker in your head. Weeks ahead, but that's where we stand right now. A lot of great action. Also including our team, too, which is very cool. Uh, Thank you, Mel Tucker, for making us good again. Uh, Hey, guys. And thank you all for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, for your second listen, go make Locked On Big Ten with my guy, Nate Dickinson, your second listen. Hey, I'm on that show once a week, too, every Friday. Brings you up to speed on everything going on inside the conference, whether it's players still at their schools, or pros, or guys that are about to go to their schools and recruiting. So, great show. Nate Dickinson does just wonderful work over there, so... Locked on Big Ten. Make that your second listen. See you guys tomorrow. Um, not sure what we're going to talk about. Actually, like I'm going to have two episodes ready. It just depends which one we're going to play first. It's either going to be another Memory Lane Series chat. This one's going to be about Connor Cook. We're just going to shoot the bleep about Connor Cook for 30 minutes. Or also talking to SI's head of recruiting, John Garcia Jr. as well. One of those will be Friday. One of those will be Monday. Stay tuned to find out. There we go. Love you all. Go Green.